sing 177. 177. Can. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Oh, 
Amen. Please do be seated. It's good to have everyone here tonight. Good to have our visitors. And uh, uh, I appreciate uh, y'all being here tonight. Odd time of year. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't usually watch the weather forecast unless the weather's kind of weird, and it's about as weird as it gets right now. You're going from 50-degree days to minus 8-degree days. And, amen. Amen, apparently. <laughs> Y'all can smack Reese on the way out, amen. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's just uh, some kind of weather here. But anyhow, would y'all uh, go with me, if you will, uh, to Psalm 11 again. We're going to be in the Psalms again tonight. And uh, we started last week a series of messages I hope to preach on foundations in our Christian life. And just uh, uh, how important it is to take and have foundations. There's a lot of different names for foundations. or landing spots, places of refuge, uh, focal points. I mean, there's any number of things that you could talk about when it comes to foundations. And the Bible says this, and this is the reason I, uh, I'm burdened for this. In, in uh, Psalm 11 and verse 3, it says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I will promise you this, we talked about this last week, but you know, quite often as Christians, we're, we're good at focusing on the symptoms, but we forget that it's the root cause that needs to be attacked. Amen. See, the devil would like to get our eyes over here, and God's saying, focus on the foundation. And we got some foundations in our life. And uh, so tonight, I want to take and I want to focus on probably the most important foundation. We sang about it, the rock that is higher than I. Amen. I don't know about you, but the Lord is that rock, is he not? And, uh, and so I want to talk about the Lord himself. The Lord himself ought to be a foundation in our life. You know, we talk about it, and this will be my conclusion, so I'll just start with my conclusion. But our walk with the Lord is a walk of relationship. God ought to be very real to us. He ought not be an idea. He ought not be a concept. He ought not be a Bible story. He ought to be a very real person that we can go to in the time of need. Amen. And, uh, and so I want to talk about the foundation of the Lord himself. To do that, I want you to go over now to uh, uh, Psalms 28, please. Psalms 28. We'll read all of it, but I'm really only going to draw from about the first three verses here. And the Bible says, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. By the way, did I call you, Miss Dania? Did I call you to tell you what songs to pick today? Yeah. Isn't that amazing when the Lord does that? The Lord knows, doesn't he? And uh, so that's, uh, she, she picked the song that was a perfect song for her service tonight. The Bible says, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, uh, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Or if you will, remember I talked about oracle means a place of utterance where God speaks to us. Okay. Verse 3, it says, Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert, what they deserve, if you will. Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. Why? They don't have the Lord in their life. 
It says, Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up forever. Let's pray. Father, we do love you, and we thank you for the privilege to come to sing your praises. We are thankful that you are the rock that is higher than I. Father, we just pray that we flee to you in times of need. And Father, we thank you for that sure foundation that you provide for our lives. Father, we pray for those who can't be with us tonight. We pray for those who are too sick. We just pray that you put your healing upon them. Father, we pray for encouragement during this season. I know it's dark and cold and difficult for some. I just pray that you give them encouragement and strength. Father, give us safety. Uh, Father, as we look uh, maybe for some dangerous weather, we just pray, Lord, you keep us safe. Father, help us to always be uh, telling others about our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just meet with us now, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, how many of you all ever think about the foundations of your house? You ever think about that? We got a few here, okay. Well, you just ruined my illustration. Go to point one then. No, I'm just joking. You know, really, probably most of us hardly ever think of our foundation unless you're getting ready to buy or sell a house. The only reason for that is the inspector comes in and tells you you need some inspection or you see some crack that you never saw before. And uh, we kind of take foundations in our life for granted. If they're there and they work, good, okay? And, And... To be quite honest with you, though, the foundation might be the most important part of your house. If you don't have a good foundation, you know that house is coming down. You all know that? And so, if you will, for the same reason, I want to continue looking at the foundations of our faith because we want to make sure our foundation is sure. We want to make sure our foundation is secure, okay? And so, when it comes to the Lord himself being our foundation, look, if you will, again in verse 1. Because what is a foundation? Well, it's a source of stability. God is our stability, okay? In verse 1 it says, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord my rock, be not silent unto me. Lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. We see here, uh, he's crying out and saying, I need you. Why? Well, we need the Lord for stability in our lives, okay? If not, we're going to take and we're going to fall into the pit. I don't know about you. Not a real big fan of falling into pits. You know why? Because a lot of things that live in the pit. <laughs> you guys understand, all right? And so, if you will, one of the things about a foundation is it gives us stability. Now, a foundation, if you will, uh, the stability is it gives us strength in times of trial. Would you go to Matthew chapter 7, please? Matthew chapter 7. It was a familiar... Uh, And a lot of this tonight is going to be familiar stuff, but it's good for us to put it in a single context. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 is, you know, that song we sing as a kid's song, you know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Amen. And uh, and so in verse uh, 24, the Bible says this, it says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. By the way, that's a common theme. Don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. Amen. It's not really a foundation if you're not acting on it, okay, if you're not relying on it. So again, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him uh, unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. 
And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. Now, by the way, anybody built anything lately? Building materials are expensive. Does it make any sense at all to take all those wonderful building materials and put them on a bad foundation? That's what this guy did. He built a house upon the sand. Notice that. The Bible says, and think about all the things that you value. If you got the wrong foundation, you're just setting yourself up for future damage. Amen. The Bible says further, it says, uh, it should be likened unto a foolish man which builds his house upon the sand. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and, the, and great was the fall of it. Okay, you can only imagine. Anybody here ever watched a house crumble? Uh, I, I, every once in a while you'll see some uh, farmer that will have an old silo and they'll go to tear that thing down. By the way, there's a reason why you hire professionals sometimes. <laughs> you ever seen them? They'll push on one thing. That thing will they'll run for their lives because, I mean, they don't know where it's falling. They don't know how fast. They don't, you know, and just, it's a good way to die, to be quite honest with you. But anyhow, uh, he's, he's talking about, if you will, the foundation that gives us strength in times of trial. Then the rains descended and the floods came up. Okay? By the way, any structure will stand when everything's going right and the wind's not blowing. Today, I, I, don't know, we were, I was in here working and I, it, it kind of stopped, but in the midday, the wind was really high. And I heard thump, 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 Everybody's trash cans running down the highway here. <laughs> okay. No foundation, no, no stability, no structure, okay? And it was just from a little bit of wind. Well, here's what I want you to think about. The Bible says, if you will, the, that the foundation gives us strength in the trial. When the winds come and the floods come. But can I just tell you this? The choice of the foundation was made long before the trial. They, he chose to either found it on a rock or found it on sand long before the trial came. And I will promise you this, if you're going to take and you're going to go through life and you're going to be successful in the trials of your life, you need to make sure that you have your foundation chosen long before the trials come. A lot of times I say, have your answer ready before the temptation comes. Just, just if you will, have it settled before the, the test or the trial comes, okay? And I, I think about that. I wonder how long the rich man lived, or, or the, the man on the rock lived in his house before the storms came and how long the... By the way, why would somebody put one on sand instead of a foundation of rock? There's a couple easy answers. What's that? Pleasure. Pleasure? Yeah, explain that a little bit. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I didn't think that's why I asked. That's good. That's good, yeah. Yeah, less work. I'll, I'll promise you this. To go to the foundation, quite often, depending on the size of the building, they'll go all the way to bedrock. Okay, well, that's the crust of the earth. That's where there's not soil anymore. It's not sand anymore. It's rock. It's stability, okay? And, and, and you've got to dig, and it costs money, and there's an investment. It takes time. And, boy, it's just so easy to just smooth out sand, right? And the problem is, is if you take the easy way now, you're going to have the hard way come to you. I will promise you this. That applies in so many aspects of our lives. 
It, it applies in our education. It applies in our relationships. It applies in our marriages. Amen. And if you will, it is better to do the hard work before the storm so that when the storm comes, you stand and you don't have to pick up after the disaster. You know, the, think about this for a second here. In the trial, okay, the foolish man's health was destroyed. Can I ask you who he blamed for that? Or what he blamed for that? Think about it for a second. Perhaps who sends the storms? Right? God, he makes it rain on the just and the unjust. Y'all with me? Folks, get a hold of this. In the storm, when his house fell, he probably blamed God for knocking down his house. And please take this the right way. God said, I provided rock for you. Provided wisdom for you. Provided counsel for you. If you'd have just followed those things when the storm came, you'd still be sitting in that nice warm house instead of picking up the garbage that's on the beach. Y'all understand? And so a lot of times when people aren't providing a proper foundation in their life, uh, by trusting the Lord and trusting his word, if you will, when the storm comes, they get angry with God because you knocked down my house. No, 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 no. You knocked down your house. Come on now, Amen. You knock down your house. Don't, don't sit there and blame God for things that you could have prevented because you could have made that choice. He is my rock. He is my foundation. He is what gives me stability. Not only that, but the foundation keeps us from slipping. We're in, uh, go back to uh, Psalm, go to Psalm 17. Psalm 17, look at verse uh, 5. Matter of fact, look at verse 4 for context. In verse 4, the Bible says this. It says, Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. And so what he's saying is this. He says, Because I listened to you, I stayed away from the path of the destroyer. Oh, hard question here. Who's the destroyer, folks? That's the devil, Satan, anything you want to call him, the enemy. Amen. It's just another name for Satan. The Bible says this, he says, hold up my goings in thy paths that my foot slip not. Okay? Well, think about this. Um, I don't know if you've ever done any hiking or climbing, but if you ever go into a mountain, I saw a, a video the other day, and they had this, like, quarter-inch strip of wood, and this guy was taking his fingers and pulling them up, doing pull-ups on this quarter-inch thing. It's for all the rock climbers. I mean, I don't know how many he did, maybe 10. I, it's been a while since I've been able to do that many, so I really. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just seeing if y'all are listening. <laughs> I promise you, I could have never in my whole life done one, trying to hold on with your fingertips. And yet, folks, rock climbers do that because it's called purchase. It's called grip. It's how you grip the rock, okay? It's, it's, the fancy word is purchase. If you have a good... Foothold, it's called purchase. If you have a good handhold, it's called purchase. And so what he's saying here is this. He's saying, he's saying, Lord, make sure my feet don't slip. Why? Well, folks, those rock climbers, especially the ones that go without ropes, if they slip, they die. You all understand that? And so the whole point is this. It keeps us from the path of the destroyer. Look at verse 4 again. And the Bible says this. It says, concerning the works of man, excuse me, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer, okay? Well, think about this. Stone is firm. It never changes. 
And, and, and so if you will, God in his word will never change. What is sand? Sand is always shifting. It's one of the things we talk about, shifting sands, okay? And so blowing sand or moving sand, amen? And so God in his word. How many of y'all are glad God's word never changes? And by the way, we'll see this here in a minute. God never changes. And can I tell you, that gives you, because if you've got your foundation on a rock, something that never changes. You don't have to worry about getting slick or, 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 or changing shape where you lose your grip and, and then you fall off and die. And so if you will, stone is firm, sand is shifting. And by the way, Satan and his influence is always changing. Why, folks? Because he's trying to make us fall. What is the Lord trying to do? He's trying to make us not fall. Y'all understand? And Satan is trying to make us fall. So if you will, uh, uh, he, he enlarges our paths, our feet under us. And by the way, he also keeps us in the battle. Look what the Bible says now in Psalm 18. Just go over one more. And look at verse uh, 29. Psalm 18, verse 29. The Bible says, For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. By the way, a, a troop, that's, that's an army, a battle. That's his platoon, okay? This, this, he's fighting a war here. And if you read the context, that's what's going on. In verse 30, it says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. By the way, how many of y'all believe that? Uh, you ever heard this expression? It works every time it's tried. Why? Because it's tried. It's been proven. Okay? God's word works. Okay? Verse 31 says, For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He make my feet like, what's the Bible say? Hind's feet. What's a hind? Somebody help me. A deer, or I, I think about this, I kind of think more along the line of kind of a mountain goat. You guys ever seen a mountain goat? You ever see what they walk on? They'll scare you to death. I mean, they'll, they'll literally walk on, you know, that much mountain is good enough for them to... You know, it's, it's, it's terrifying. But the whole point is this, is he'll say, he'll say to me, he'll give me feet like hinds feet, meaning what? I can find stability as long as I can find the rock. Amen. And setteth me up upon my high places. How many of y'all have ever seen a mountain goat? I mean, honestly, where do you, they're mountain goats. They're up in the mountains or on the cliffs. They're, they're in some of the most spectacular places that you can go, meaning this. That if we'll just take and make God our foundation, our rock, we can be safe and secure in any place we go. Amen. The Bible says further, it says, He teaches my hands to war, that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Uh, thou hast also given the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. By the way, all this is, is, is the benefits of having that good foundation. Verse 36, notice what he says. He says, Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. Don't see that? The wonderful foundation that we have is he gives us, if you will, strength for our times of trial. He, get, he keeps us from slipping, if you will. When the storm's coming, you still got a good purchase. You still got a good foothold, if you will. And he keeps us, if you will, in the battle. We saw this here. Devil uses the battle to make us run. And we've talked about that before, Okay. But God uses the battle to teach us that he upholds us to ensure our victory. Meaning what? We've talked about this time and again here recently. Devil's always trying to make you run. Okay? What are we supposed to do to fight the devil? 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. So the Bible says, put you on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. Amen. He's not asking us to charge. He's not asking us to attack. He's just asking us to get purchased on the rock. Amen. And take and stand your place. Let everybody else run. Okay. But you don't have to run because if you'll just stand, I'll fight for you. Amen. And so if you will, we see, if you will, he is our stability. He's a foundation in times of trial. He is a foundation that keeps us from slipping. And by the way, what is, what is the most important part of this, knowing this? Go to James chapter 1, please. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, look at verse 2, and we look at a familiar portion of Scripture. Verse 2 says this, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, when you come to different trials. Okay, that's what that means, right? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works or produces patience, but let patience have her perfect work, meaning don't just be patient, get more than that. The Bible says that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, what should I do? Well, the Bible says here, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Amen. Y'all believe that? The next verse is key. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven of the wind, and tossed. Think about this. He's saying this, in the time of trial, if you'll call to me, like we did in the other verses, amen, I'll put you on a solid rock, amen, I'll fight your battles for me, for you, but here's what you need to do, you need to trust me, don't trust me, not trust me, trust me, not trust me, trust me, not trust me, help me for a second here, anybody ever been like that? Talks about being an unstable man, driven with the men. Tossed to and fro. Come on now, amen? One day we're faithful and next day we're not. One day we're faithful and next day we're not. One day we believe God, uh, next day we don't. One day we're uh, calling out to God, next day we don't. Amen? Uh, you can't, if you will, have stability like that. Any of y'all uh, mentally preparing for walking on ice? It's coming. Okay, I'm from Colorado. And the snow is soft, it packs, and usually it cushions your foot to make sure that you never slip. Isn't that nice? I don't think some of y'all believe me. Uh, Missouri is a little bit different. Missouri gets ice. Can I tell you this? Nobody belongs walking on ice. Right? Uh, uh, So much so that uh, it was raining most of the time when they told us we were going to get 6 to 12 inches of snow. And I got six to ten millimeters, you know, with me. But my front porch uh, got a little bit of water on there and froze, and it became ice. And let me tell you, that is no fun, okay? Do you believe we can, do you believe uh, you should walk on ice? Huh? Better remember that. You don't get many of those. <laughs> Folks, if you've got ice skates, you can be on ice all day long. 
Because what does ice do? It grips the ice. Folks, uh, in Colorado, uh, we used to have to have studs in our, in our snow tires. You guys remember that? As long as you have the studs in the tires, you can grip the ice. Y'all understand that? Uh, they also sell, if you want to go get them at Walmart, um, well, maybe not, maybe more of an outdoor store, but you can buy spikes for your shoes. Put them on your shoes, and boom. Again, remember that whole purchase thing? Listen, I'm not worried about the ice. Why? Because I got me a good foundation. Got me a good foundation. Got me. Y'all understand that? Amen. And so we see here, he said, don't be, if you will, tossed to and fro. Amen. But uh, take and have faith in your foundation. And I, I will tell you this. If it, I got to ask this question because I'm just going to be curious. How many of y'all can ice skate? Can you really? I, I'm not very, I, I, I can ice skate. So you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> By the way, that's a double-minded man. <laughs> not, not trusting in, in the ice skates, if you will. You know, faith is the connection that will not, listen now, will not betray us. Go, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, but go to 2 Timothy 1.12, please. And notice quite often we only quote the last half of this verse, but it really applies if we read all of it. So 2 Timothy 1.12, it says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I'm going through a trial, but I'm not worried about it. Amen? Why? For I know, say it with me, in whom, whom I have believed, here you go, and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Because I, I got to tell you, no matter what the trial is, you can just always stop and you can say, you know what, I'm not ashamed. I know in whom I have believed. And by the way, it's not what I have believed. It's in whom I have believed. And folks, if you're getting the whole point, who are we believing in? The rock of our salvation. The one who gives a foundation to our life. The one that if we'll simply trust in him, he'll fight our battles for us and give us a victory and have a purpose for every trial and every battle we go through. Amen. If we'll just take and have that firm connection with our foundation. So if you will, our, um, the Lord himself is our stability when it comes to a foundation. But he's also our strength. Go back to our text, if you will, to uh, Psalm 28. Psalm 28. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Look at verse 2. The Bible says, hear the voice of my supplications. Talk to me here. What's a supplication? A prayer request. But what, what aspect of a prayer? Prayer can mean asking. What, say it again. Pleading or begging. Okay. And when do you need a really good foundation for your lives, guys? Well, when you're going through it, right? Man, you're going through a trial, and maybe it's physical, maybe it's spiritual, maybe it's financial, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's with your kids. Amen? And so when we come to those times, and we know, hey, I know in whom I believe, so what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the one who is the foundation for my life. The Bible says here that uh, here, he's, he's making a plea, the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee. Now, I, I mean, I believe that's cry out, okay? But think about it. This is no doubt a very 
desperate time. He says, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy, what's the Bible say? Oracle. Remember what I told you last week. Oracle means utterances when God speaks. Well, folks, how does God speak to us? Well, there's one unquestionable way he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. Amen. He also speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. Okay, if you know Christ as your Savior. He can give you a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. But every once in a while you need that word. And I'll make this same thought. Have you ever gone to the Bible not knowing where you needed to go? But you just ask God to direct your steps. And somehow, Donnie and I didn't talk about what the service was going to be tonight. And yet the perfect song was sung tonight. The rock that is higher than I. Amen. And, and if you will, listen, Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit's real. How many of y'all have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit of God? And I will tell you this, as Baptists, sometimes people are afraid to say, well, I know the Holy Spirit. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, you're none of his. Amen. Okay. But uh, here's, here's the thing. He speaks to us through his word and he speaks to us by his spirit, if you will. And because of that word, he becomes our strength. Okay. When do we cry out? Well, folks, we cry out when we need help. Uh, think about this. What did Peter cry out? Lord, save me. I mean, here he is. Here's a, a, a seasoned fisherman. He's used to these storms. And, 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 and as far as I could tell, he was about the bravest of all the apostles. He's bold anyway, amen? And yet when he started to sink, he knew where to go, didn't he? He had an anchor, didn't he? Lord, save me. Amen. And so if you will, we cry out when we need help, amen? We cry out when we're afraid. You guys ever get afraid? I hate to tell you this, but you know what's the thing that's interesting? I, I, I read the crowd, okay? The congregation. I hate to use that term, crowd. It was mostly men that shook their head. I'm not afraid of anything, and you're crazy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what time I am afraid. Psalm 56, 3 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. I like to sing that song every once in a while. Go if you will. I want you to see it in uh, Psalm 56. Beginning in verse 2. The Bible says, Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. And by the way, what enemies attack you? Can we talk about that for two seconds? You ever afraid for your finances? Parents, grandparents, any of you all ever fear for your children? Amen. Can I say this? I, you know, a lot of people want to get afraid about politics and stuff like that. No, listen, God's in control. Anybody here have any irrational fears? Please don't take this for anything less than I'm just trying to make a point. Some of you, anybody here afraid of spiders? So if I took a picture of a spider and put it up here, would you want to run out? As long as it stayed there. As long as it stayed there. 
<laughs> I'm not trying to be clever, okay? Because I didn't realize Miss Ann, she was terrified of snakes, terrified of snakes. And I was trying to use an illustration one day, and so I was using pictures of snakes. She had to get up and leave the room. She couldn't take the pictures of snake. Now, can I just say this? And she probably understood this. It, that was kind of irrational. You can't be afraid of a picture. I haven't said that, okay? But it was real to her, okay? So here's the reason I'm making this point, okay? You know, sometimes we laugh at other people's fears. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of spiders. And I'm not afraid of snake pictures. Now, you'd be stupid to not be afraid of some snakes. Y'all with me? I'm not afraid of somebody pointing a gun at me. Okay? Can I just tell you this? You say, well, you ought to be. Well, yeah, you ought to be. But just, now, having said this, let's please not test this premise. <laughs> you all with me? I think sometimes it's easy to take and judge other people. Well, what are you worried about finances for? God will take care of you. Well, it's what I'm dealing with. Well, why are you afraid of this? Or why are you afraid of that? Or why? And folks, can I, what time I am afraid? I will trust in thee. Meaning what? There's some, a lot of things don't make me afraid, but folks, the things that make me afraid terrify me. Anybody here afraid of heights? Afraid of ledges. Afraid of ledges? <laughs> I gotta ask this question. Anybody here not afraid of heights? Really? Have you seen the picture where they're on the Empire State Building and they've got that beam and everybody has walked out to the end of the beam to eat their lunch? Could anybody here do that? Are you kidding me? I don't want to look at the picture. <laughs> I, I, I'm not afraid of a lot of things, but I can't stand the thought of <laughs> heights to this day. And, and you say, ah, heights, no big deal. That's fine. You're not afraid of them. I'm probably not afraid of some of the things you are afraid of. I guess my point is this, is folks, let's be careful not to judge other people and their weaknesses and their trials and their difficulties. Because if they're your trials and they're your difficulties, they're your trials and your difficulties. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. The Bible says further, <coughs> excuse me, uh, skip down to verse 9. Notice what it says in verse 9, in verse, uh, chapter 56. He says, when I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. Say it with me. This I know, for God is for me. Amen. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Anybody here ever been afraid of a spider? But you didn't want your kids to be afraid of a spider. You know what I'm talking about? I remember one day at camp, I'm not really afraid of spiders. I don't like snakes, but uh, not really afraid of spiders. But there's a difference between a spider and a tarantula. You know, huge difference. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> and, uh, and they said, Brother Branchow, why don't you come up here and hold this spider? I want to show you how I handled that. 
I went. And you guys probably know what I did, right? Dear Lord, please don't let me drop this spider in front of my kids. Amen? Do you read that verse 9 again? That applies to finances, that applies to relationships, that applies to things that you might have irrational fears about. That applies to every aspect of life that causes us anxiety or fear, okay? The Bible says again in verse 9, it says, When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know. Say the next part with me. For God is with me. You know how I know that? Because I made sure... I got my purchase. You all understand? I know in whom I believe, and I am persuaded. Amen. And it is a personal relationship. I'm not afraid because God would have me to be victorious and not afraid. And so he is our stability, and he is our strength. And by the way, he is our sure anchor. We're, we're back in uh, Psalm uh, 28. Look at verse 3. Excuse me. The Bible says, draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their heart. As I thought about that, he said, draw me not away, okay? And so I was thinking about this. He is an anchor for our soul. The Bible says that. Amen? Uh, you all know anchors? Anchors. You're a Navy man. What's the biggest ship in the Navy way? Yeah. No, I'm teasing you. The only Navy joke I know is from second hand. So I, but you displace a ship. A ship has displacement. You weigh an anchor. Ha, anyhow. <laughs> I, I thought you might know it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you might know it. Anyhow, yeah, you weigh an anchor. Okay, go to Hebrews chapter 6, would you? Hebrews chapter 6. The Bible tells us he is a sure anchor. He's a sure anchor for the soul. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 6, look at verse 13. The Bible says this. It says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So I want you to notice there's two things in there. God and a promise, okay? Because down here in a second, he's going to talk about two immutable things. Immutable means you can't change them, okay? And so what he's going to say is this. He says, if God makes you a promise, it cannot change. Any of y'all ever taken advantage of any of the promises of God? Let's name an obvious one. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Is that a promise you embraced? I embraced that one. Are there other promises? I can do all things through Christ. Amen. Casting all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. Any of y'all embrace some of the promises of God? How many of y'all have confidence? Come on now. Confidence that he's going to keep his promise. Well, folks, the way he's talking about that, that is that sure anchor. When you're adrift and when you're going through the storms of life, when you're going through the trials of life, you take and you hold on to that sure anchor to your soul. Amen. And it's based on his promises that cannot change. And by the way, the only other thing in this chapter that cannot change is God himself. He's the same today, yesterday, and 
forever. How many of y'all are glad for that? Amen? And so if you will, we don't have an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. We have God. And, uh, and so he is a sure anchor. This gives us hope. Why? Verse 18, look what the Bible says. It, uh, it says uh, that by two immutable things in the which it is impossible for God to lie. Y'all believe that? Well, the next time that somebody tells you that you should be reading a different version of the Bible. Okay. Now, listen. Uh, this, is, this book is based on the premise that God wrote it and he preserved it. All other versions, okay, and I say all for a reason, are based on other texts that said, no, the Bible got lost and we had to restore it. We had to find it again, okay? That's the premise for other Bible versions, okay? We had to find the mistakes. We had to fix them for you. That's why they're constantly changing them because they keep finding new texts and they have to keep making new changes and everything like that. Well, please take this the right way. Uh, God wrote it, and he said he would preserve it. So here's my whole point. I dare not call him a liar. Amen? By two immutable things, God, which cannot lie. Come on. Folks, I'm just telling you, if you're going to hold on to an anchor, I don't know about you, but I want that same anchor to have purchase. An anchor's no good if it's floating with you. You all understand? The anchor's got to be in the earth, grabbing something, amen, and holding on and, and making it so that you cannot move, amen. And the Bible says he is that anchor because he never changes and he never changes his promises. That's what the Bible says. Keep looking at verse 18. His, he never changes his promises. Skip down to verse 20, okay? Hebrews chapter 6, look at verse 20. The Bible says, Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now you need to go back just for sake of time. I don't have time to develop all this. But he's saying this, Jesus Christ is our anchor. How many of y'all believe that? And the reason is, is because he's the forerunner and he's gone to heaven. Any of y'all banking on some promises he made to you in heaven? Now some of y'all, this is the biggest one. We're all going to get a new body. I thought we'd get more amens than that, to be honest with you. <laughs> We're all going to have a beautiful singing voice. We don't have to make a joyful noise anymore. I don't know if that's a promise. I guess that's a hope. <laughs> Amen. But the Bible tells us that we'll never have to leave. The Bible says he's going to make us a mansion, whatever that means. Come on now, amen. Ever to be with the Lord. Any of y'all banking on that? Well, he says this. He says the reason that you have an anchor is because you have a forerunner that has gone into heaven to make sure that every one of those promises he made to you is fulfilled. You guys know John 14? Go to John 14, please. Once you get there, you're going to know it. John 14, verses 1 through 3. In this world that we live in, do we face trouble and trial? So in verse 1, he says this. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Listen, if you have a foundation in God, you have a foundation in me. Amen? He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
He says, listen, I've made you many promises. So he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. Is that a promise? Verse 3. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Say it with me, that where I am, there you may be also. Folks, he is our sure anchor. This gives us hope. I want you to think about this. We live in a world today where people are slowly but surely losing their hope. And the consequences are devastating. You guys know this, okay? Suicides through the roof. Drug abuse through the roof. I, I could take and talk about other things, but they're all signs of people losing hope. Amen. You know why? Because they have no anchor. They have no foundation. They have no place of purchase and security whereby they can know that they have the promises of God. Folks, I got to tell you, it's good for us every once in a while to just stop and pause and meditate about that. Amen. Aren't you glad for God? He is our foundation. Amen. And by the way, he is our refuge. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Look at verse 18. We're just there, but let's look at verse 18 again. The Bible says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. A consolation means comfort, okay? He says, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. A place of refuge. No matter what the storm... We're all still tied to the anchor. Folks, I want you to think about this. Any of y'all ever going through a hard time and you had to wonder if God still loved you? I don't know that any of us want to raise our hand for that. But my point is not that, because we know God still loves us. Amen. How many of our storms in life are self-imposed? Probably most of them, right? But can I say this? We should never, ever forget the, the account of the prodigal son. You remember what the father did? He sat down and he watched the road. Amen? He sat down and he watched the road until his son turned, repented. And then the father ran out to him. Amen? Telling us essentially this. He said, son, you can always come home. Our homes ought to be an anchor. Our churches ought to be an anchor. Because our God is an anchor. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, you know it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. By the way, is that what he did for the prodigal? Give him a bath and a new set of clothes, put a ring on his hand, give him a job? Amen. My son was dead, now he's home. Aren't you glad you can always come home? And what's that mean? That means you always have a foundation, you always have a place of refuge. And I will promise you this, every once in a while your foot slips, doesn't it? Amen. But all you got to do is smash it back into the ice. And say, hey, I know in whom I've believed. And he invited me to come home. Would to God that we could remember the foundation of God in our life. It is so important. It is so important. Father, we love you. We thank you for these thoughts today. We just pray that this would not be basic theology to us, but it would be practical.